Today is, is one of those days that COVID has hit. We all know about that. But then the snow hit, and uh, we're a little thinner than normal. But I think that also means that we'll probably have more watching online. So uh, <laughs> I'm reminded of the first sermon that I ever preached. I was uh, working construction for my dad, and I was traveling up and down Branch Hill, Guinea Pike Road between Milford and, and Loveland area. And I would pass by this church, Branch Hill Church Christ, and I thought, you know, one of these days I'd like to preach there. And a few weeks later, I was a sophomore in college, and the preacher called me up, and he said, hey, how would you like to preach here for Christmas? Because I'm going to be taking off for the South, and uh, I need somebody to fill in. I said, hey, that'd be great. Scared me to death. I really didn't like getting in front of people yet. Um, but I did, and I practiced, and I practiced, and I practiced. 20 minutes on the dot, every time, practiced. Got up and preached. You know how long it took me. 12 minutes. 12 minutes. And in those 12 minutes, I said everything I knew about God, Jesus, and the Bible. I mean everything, okay? But it was uh, at that church that he was telling me, you know, we had a revival here one time. And I believe the speaker was Marshall Leggett. And Marshall was about five foot seven, shorter guy, but he was the president at Milligan College down in Tennessee. They had him up for a revival. And he said the first night, the only people that were there were me and my wife and a family of three. There were five of us. And he got up to preach. And I said, well, what did he do with that? And he says, you know, he gave us both barrels. So just to let you know, I don't care how thin it is this morning, you're getting both barrels, all right? You're getting everything I got. For the last four weeks, we've taken a look at the Sermon on the Mount. And the first, uh, we, we took a look at, nobody could preach this but Jesus. He's the one who said, you've heard it said, and he quotes part of the Ten Commandments, and he says, but I say to you, and he elevates himself above the Word of God. And nobody could do that but truly the Son of God. After that, he says, you're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. They need you. They need a good witness as to what a person who's in relationship with God is really all about. And then he goes through the Beatitudes and says, this ought to be your character. Then week number three, we took a look at the difference between being concerned and being worried. I'm, I'm not worried. I'm just concerned. You see, we're all going to be concerned about people that we know and love. We, we're going to be till the day we die. We should be because we love them. We're concerned about them. But worry ends up being concern that takes it to another step, and that is without God. So ultimately, our concerns are taken to the Lord, and we rest in him with those concerns. Last week, we took a look at only a few there are that are going to make it. Wide, broad, the gate, and the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in there. But small is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to life. And only a few there be that find it. So the seriousness of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the difference it's going to make when he returns again. So we took a look at those four things. Today what we're going to take a look at is not so much what Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, but the reaction of the people to his sermon. If you would, let's go ahead with the, the uh, passage of Scripture here, and I'd like for you to read this with me. Um, 
It's from Matthew chapter 7, verses 28 and 29. Would you read out loud with me, please? When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. When he had finished, the crowds were amazed, amazed at his teaching. He taught like no one ever had taught before. And I started thinking about that word amazed. And I asked my staff at one point, I said, what has amazed you most in life? If I were to ask you, and I ask you this morning, what kind of thing would you choose to say, boy, that was amazing, all right? It could be a natural wonder within our world, Niagara Falls. Could be that big hole in the ground, the Grand Canyon, you know? It could be just a sunrise, sunset, clouds, birds, whatever. It can be nature itself. It can be some other things around us as well. I remember one time, Route 30 goes from Mansfield across to Canton, east and west. And there were some formations, cloud formations, and different things that would just happen on Route 30 that I'd never seen anywhere else. I don't know why that corridor was, was that way, but it was. I, I remember driving across there one time, and there was a wall cloud that was coming at me. You ever seen one of those? Oh, my goodness. I mean, this thing looked like it was 20 feet off the ground, and you could see underneath it. But this wall, you couldn't see into it. You couldn't see past it, and it just, and when you hit it, all of a sudden the winds and everything became a wall cloud. Never seen one like that. But I saw all kinds of rainbows. There were, you know, the prism, the, just the stripes, as well as regular rain, double rainbows. But there was one rainbow I'd never seen before in my life. All of a sudden, I notice as I'm driving that there's this kind of a, a rainbow that's starting around the sun. And the more that I watched it and I kept seeing what was going on, it eventually encircled the sun. And it's called a halo rainbow. Never seen one before in my life, but it was totally amazing to me. All kinds of things can be amazing. Maybe the birth of your firstborn or secondborn that you actually got to go into. I remember in the Cincinnati Enquirer one day when I was in high school, seeing on the front page a picture of this guy who wanted to go into the maternity room with his wife, all right, the delivery room, but they wouldn't let him. And so he handcuffed himself to the bed so that they would have to take him as he goes in, as she went in for the delivery, all right? Well, I got to see all three of my children born, and it was an amazing thing, just the gift of life itself. It's not always that kind of an amazement that, ha that comes. I remember my firstborn as he got one of his first jobs. He was a busboy at a restaurant. He was only 15, so I would take him and drive, drop him off. He would bus tables for about four hours. Then I'd drive back, and I would pick him up and take him back home. Well, as outgoing and active as I've always been all my life, okay, that's just who I am, my son was the exact opposite. Whenever he came home from school, you had to play 50 questions. You ever have kids like that? How'd your day go? Good. What'd you do today? Nothing. You know, those kind of things, okay? 
Well, he was one of those kind of kids, exact opposite of who I was. So this time, as I picked him up, I thought, you know what? I'm not even going to say one word until he speaks first. So I get there, and I'm waiting for him. He comes out, done, opens the door, gets in the car, doesn't say, hi, Dad, nothing. So I back out of the parking lot, go across the parking lot, over the state route, drive down, nothing. Driving down 35, get to the 55, we're going down the road, nothing. We turn and we're about a mile, half a mile from home, and I can't stand it anymore, okay? It's about 10 minutes into this ride, and he hasn't said one thing yet. And I, and I couldn't, I, I just couldn't, so <laughs> I'm thinking, what are you thinking? So I did, I spoke up, I said, what are you thinking? Are you thinking anything at all? I mean, I decided that I was going to let you speak first, but you haven't said a thing the whole time. What are you thinking? And he goes, oh, I don't know. I was just thinking how nice, peaceful, and quiet it is. <laughs> and I, I blew it, right? <laughs> that was amazing to me that somebody could be that way and just enjoy it. But that's who he was. It was amazing. I think as people encountered Jesus in his ministry, they were just amazed time after time after time. And my first church, uh, St. Mary's, Ohio, 13 people is what we started with in a renovated lawnmower shop, okay? And I was unmarried at the time, played some ball, got to know some guys who started coming. Some of the girls, you know, they were 21, 22 like I was, and... And so we were starting to have, all of a sudden I got this phone call one day in the afternoon, Sunday afternoon, and Susie says, man, you got to come over to the apartment now. There are five of us here. You've got to come over now. So I jumped in my car, went over. I'm going, what's going on? She says, it's gone now, but all of us saw this. We were looking outside the window, and all of a sudden the cloud formation just turned, and we all saw the face of Jesus in the clouds. It amazed them totally. So much so that they had to call me up and have me come over. Well, I could have gone a number of different directions, and I thank God that he gave me the right thing to, to say at the time. I could have said, well, how do you know it was Jesus? I could have said, well, okay, was he Jewish, white, black? What was he? I could have said all kinds of things, just to kind of poke air out of the balloon, you know, but I didn't. And what came to me was, okay, if God did this for you, why do you think he went into all that trouble just for you? Why? What difference will this make in your life? And that's where we went. Uh, you can debate people with all kinds of things, but ultimately what we need to do is to say, okay, how's this going to make your life different? These people were amazed when they heard the Sermon on the Mount. But I wonder what they did with it. Did their lives change for the better? Did they just say, wow, that guy is awesome, and nothing change? I looked through the rest of the Gospels, and I just chose four different places where people were amazed just to kind of see what their reactions 
were. When the disciples were in the boat, and remember the wind and the waves, and it's up, and everybody's getting scared about they're going to tip and all this kind of thing. And Jesus just gets up and he speaks. And the wind dies down, and the waves immediately, there's calm. And it says the disciples were amazed, and they said, What manner of man is this? And they weren't sure who he was. A prophet, yeah, but more than that. And they were beginning to understand. And they were amazed at who this was. When Jesus cast out a demon at one point, it says, and the people were amazed, and they said, we have never seen anything like this in all of Israel. And they were amazed. When Jesus came to the Pharisees, and he's talking to them, and he's really pointing out the truth to them, and it says that they were amazed and, quote, and they left him. That's how they reacted. They didn't like what he was saying. And so they left. And the last one that I chose was from Jesus in front of Pilate. He's going to be crucified here in just a little bit. Pilate's never seen anybody like this. And he was amazed that Jesus said nothing. He was amazed that Jesus wouldn't defend himself. Tried him to get himself off. No, because that's the reason why he came, right? That's why we just observed the Lord's Supper. That's why Peter says, even before the foundations of the earth, God knew that he would send forth his son. That means before he made Adam and Eve, he knew that they would blow it, we would blow it, we'd need a savior. That's part of the plan. So when he's quiet before Pilate, and Pilate is going, man, I'm amazed. He didn't say anything. That's because that was the purpose for which he'd come. Different reactions for different people. I, I just kind of wondered, as these people left amazed, were their lives changed at all? And then where my heart went was, I wonder when Jesus was amazed. People were amazed with him all the time. But you know, there are only two recorded scriptures where it says that Jesus himself was amazed. The first one is found in Mark and chapter 6. It says that Jesus came to his hometown and he began to preach. And as they were listening, almost, and in the crowd, the people were talking and, and they were saying, where did he get all this wisdom? And, and where did he have the ability to perform miracles? And isn't this the carpenter? We, we've seen him here grow up. He's until he was 30 and he started preaching. Isn't this the son of Mary? Aren't his brothers with us? And they named the four brothers. And aren't these his sisters? And the crowd then began talking among one another and it says that they were offended by his preaching. And then it says that Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. He was amazed at their lack of faith because he could not do many miracles there. Just lay hands on a few people, make them well because of their lack of faith. It's one time that Jesus was amazed. 
The other time that Jesus is amazed is found in Luke in chapter 7. Jesus is there in Capernaum. And this Roman centurion, he is in charge of a hundred Roman soldiers. He's not Jewish. And yet his servant gets sick and is ready to die. And he's heard about this Jesus. And so what he does is he gets the Jewish elders of the synagogue and asks them to go ask Jesus to come and heal his servant. And so they do. They go and they find Jesus and they say, this man is a friend of Israel. He built our synagogue. He loves our people. Would you come and heal his servant? And Jesus agrees to do that. And the Bible says that as he's on his way, the man reconsiders. And now he sends a couple of other people and he says, he doesn't need to come to my house. And then he says this, for I am a man under authority. And I tell this one to come and he comes. I tell this one to go and he goes. I tell this one to do this or that and they do it. I know what authority is. You tell Jesus that I believe that if he will just say the word, my servant will be healed. Wow. And the Bible turns, or the Bible says that Jesus turns to the crowd and he says this, I haven't seen such great faith in all of Israel. You know who that included? His 12. Included all the Jewish nation. The people that were the keepers of the prophecies of Jesus coming and, and everything that he had done through them. And he says, this Roman has shown me more faith than anybody else ever. And so my question for you today is, is Jesus amazed your, at your faith? And which direction is it going? Is he amazed that you're losing it? Is he amazed because you trust him no matter what you're going through? Danny and Carmen both have COVID. And if you're listening online and you don't know Danny and Carmen, he was the preacher here for 40-some years, has retired. New man is coming to fill the pulpit in March. They both have COVID. But beyond that, their son in his 40s, young 40s, 41, I think, right? just passed away hard I don't know what it's like to lose a child I don't know I pray to God I never do know but that's hard and Danny and Carmen were praying for you our faith will be tested no matter what age you are, as long as you're here on this planet Earth, because this is enemy territory. Satan is called the God of this world. James says that if your friendship is with the world, then you become an enemy of God. It's that distinct. It's that different. That when you become his, it ought to really show from the rest of the world that we live in. What about your faith? When it's tested, does it show up, you pass it, and you become stronger? Or does it weaken you? Know that every time you have an option, you may choose 
to be stronger. And every time when God will help you to do that, he will help you to do that. My prayer is that you and I both will not lose our first love. And that comes from Revelation in the seven churches and the seven letters. Ephesus, he says, I just have this against you. You've lost your first love. You're doing some of the right things, and you're holding up against some of the wrong things. Man, you've lost your love for Jesus. That's our first love, isn't it? Can't dare to do that. Whatever it is, the test that you might be going through, ask God for the strength, and you'll see your faith increase. Would you pray with me?